0: Good morning, guys. Uh, Welcome to uh, DrBoysTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. Uh, Today, I want to talk about Colin Powell. Um, I had another broadcast I was going to do that I moved back to this afternoon. Uh, It's going to be interesting. I'm going to break down uh, the amount of stock that members of Congress own in uh, big pharma companies and uh, why this should concern you. And uh, some of you may, if you're really a follower of the channel, you might've noticed that I was going to actually do that broadcast. I scheduled it for this time, but then my wife came downstairs and she's so pretty. Whenever she walks by, I always look at her And I say, what's going on, baby? She said, Colin Powell just died. And so uh, I thought that it would be worth taking the time to um, <clears throat> kind of eulogize Colin Powell and talk about the brother in terms of um, what what he represented, uh, give you some some background on Colin Powell, and uh, and to let you all know just from the jump, you know, uh, I fundamentally have respect for Colin Powell, but that does not mean he does not have a mixed legacy. That doesn't mean that there aren't some complications in his life. So, uh, first of all, I want to say R.I.P. to Colin Powell. Uh, he's with the ancestors right now, and uh, and there, there's a few things to talk about. So, first of all, good morning everybody. Good morning. So good to see all of you. Um, and uh, so Colin Powell died today. At 84 years old, uh, he's 84, which to me, uh, 84, you know, it's a pretty relatively long life. That means that he's he you know, he he, he got some good time in. Uh, I'd love to live to be 84. I think that's that's pretty good. Um, and, uh, you know, especially for a soldier. I mean, my gosh, you know, he's he was um, a veteran. Uh, he served his country. Uh, I respect him for that immensely. And uh, but, you know, there's there's a lot to the life of Colin Powell that, you know, uh, I wouldn't blame you if you had. Uh, some issues with some of the ways that he conducted himself politically. Now, Colin Powell stood out to me uh, largely because he was the only Republican, I think, who could have really challenged Barack Obama in the 2008 election. Um, I think that if Colin Powell had run against Barack Obama in 2008 or 2012, <clears throat> I believe that Colin could have defeated Uh, Barack, or at least giving him a run for his money, uh, because Colin was, you know, seen by a lot of people as a relatively decent guy, at least for a Republican. You know, in fact, I I remember in 2008, he, if I'm not mistaken, he deviated from the Republican Party and voted for Barack Obama. I don't know if y'all remember that, but he literally went and said that he wasn't going to vote for Barack Obama. Now, uh, now Paul was asking a question about did did he get the jab? Um, Here's the deal. Uh, So Colin did die from. Uh, they, they're they saying he died from complications of, of the virus. I'm not going to say the words because I don't want to set off the YouTube bots. Uh, but, but yeah, he did die from the virus. Now, what is interesting, though, and this is a great question, was, um, you know, uh, let's see. Somebody says, let's see, Corey says, yes, he did get the jab, uh, but he had cancer. Yeah, and, and I think that that's an interesting thing, right? Here's what I pick up on in terms of uh, not to speculate on how this man died or anything like that, but here's what I see. Right. Um, I first of all, I, you know, I've never I, I would never, ever tell anybody that the virus wasn't real. I think that we all hopefully we all agree that, that it's real. And if you don't we don't agree, then maybe that's something we just don't agree on. But we know the virus is real. But the people that are, tend to be hit by the virus the most tend to be elderly people. Uh, when you look at the data and you look at the people who died and you look at the average ages and things like that, you pretty much find that when you get past the age of, or below the age of 70 or even below the age of 60, more specifically, the numbers really dwindle down to very little. Right, Like you get more people that die from a lot more people that die from heart disease, cancers, strokes, everything else. Right. So, um, you know, really, this is something that really hit uh, the elderly and vulnerable populations, people with weak immune systems, uh, people with obesity, you know, things like that, right? And I, it, that's just the facts. I mean, you can go look at the CDC website and you can confirm all this information in terms of who, who was actually hit the most. So, Colin being 84 means he was definitely vulnerable. He was definitely vulnerable. Also, cancer, I could can tell you, I have relatives who've had cancer. And one thing that cancer does, the treatment of cancer weakens your immune system, right? So, uh, you know, so, so the reality is, that when you're in that situation, you're 84 years old, you've had you're a cancer survivor, and I, I believe Colin was a cancer survivor. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm wrong, but but the cancer survivor, you know, that's gonna weaken your immune system. That's why another guy, I remember Herman Cain, Herman Cain uh, was 76 years old. He also died and everyone said, ah, this proves that the virus is gonna kill everybody. And I said, yeah, but he was 76 and he survived cancer. And if anybody knows anything about it, you know, again, I'm not a cancer expert, but I talk to a lot of doctors. My sister is a medical doctor. Right. And I have a lot of other doctors around me. Right. I don't just come out here just spitting out random information. Um, But. Uh, if you know anything about cancer, it doesn't exactly help your immune system, right? And one of the things I think we've become pretty clear on is that the virus attacks those who have weakened immune systems first. Uh, And so, so again, this is not me speculating on what you should think about the virus, but, you know, a a healthy 10-year-old shouldn't look at what happened to an 84-year-old and say, oh my God, I could be next. Your healthy 10-year-old child is probably not going to go out in that same way, okay? Let's just be let's at least be rational here you know and, and it's hard to do that in a world where everybody's so emotionally triggered and germaphobes are everywhere where they think you know there's a deadly virus behind every corner uh, i'm not one of those people to be honest with you now do me a favor please hit the thumbs up button hit the share button hit the subscribe button uh there's my website by the way boyswalkins.com so if you want a free e-copy of my book it takes a village to race the bar please go to boyswalkings.com so let me talk a little bit about colin powell let me just you know first of all i i want to say I'm, i don't know how anybody feels about this i I'd like to ask y'all a question. I'd like to ask you a question. Give me one one word answer, good or bad. When you think about the legacy of Colin Powell, is it a good legacy or bad legacy? Now, obviously, it's probably it's mo- the, the big answer would probably be a mixed legacy. But I want to know, you know, like like the, does the good outweigh the bad? So put good if you think his legacy is good, put the word bad if you think his legacy is bad. I'd like to know what you guys think you know, think of it like a business, right? You have revenues and you have expenses. Did the revenues exceed the expenses or did the expenses exceed the revenues? Did you did you get a profit or did you get a loss? Was Colin's life a profitable life or a loss Uh, for, you know, for the world, for the black community? Okay, I see Greg G says good. Lavon says bad. Joshua says good. Uh, Let's see, I saw the next person said bad. Uh, Isaiah says bad. Yeah, this is about what I thought. I thought that it would be mixed. Okay, I see great. Okay, Myron says great uh andre says b1 okay b1 to you too uh lolita uh says good all right so all right so it's it's somebody said badish. <laughs> that, that's a good one too Hey, right. like the move, like the show blackish that's probably the best that's probably how i would describe colin powell's legacy is i would i would shuffle between good and bad i i would say good overall because i felt personally based on my personal bias that colin powell did more good for the world than bad right Uh, I I, I like Colin because Colin represented, I wasn't a Republican. Um, I've never been a Republican, but at that time I was probably more of a Democrat. Uh, In fact, Obama kind of honestly changed me from being a Democrat because I I was so hopeful that this man would do well. Actually, if you go back to maybe 2006- um, I remember I was one of the first people on CNN to say I think this guy could beat Hillary Clinton, and at that time he was way behind Hillary in the polls. And I saw something in him where I said, "Ah, there's something special about this dude. He might actually do something here." And um, and and I supported him. I mean, completely. You know, and I think that it was, and it was, it was, uh, you know, the sadness of that presidency, where um, the Democrats just get a, got a little bit lazy. This this benign neglect policy got out of control. And they said, we got black people eating off the tip of our finger. We could do whatever we want. And I think he lost a lot of black support because of, it. let's just keep it real. So with Colin Powell, um, you know, that guy, actually, I respected the fact that he deviated. He jumped ship from the Republicans to to vote for Obama. I respected him for that. Uh, also, he he isn't a guy, he didn't come off like a puppet, you know, and he was the kind of guy, I was really disappointed with Colin's uh political career when the whole Iraq war thing happened. I, I felt that uh, that the, the um, what they call it, the military industrial complex, um, I believe the Bushes, you know, with all the interests they have in oil companies and all that, uh, I believe that they used Colin Powell to get him to go out in front of the UN to give that terrible speech where he was basically saying Iraq had weapons of mass destruction. And this dove the United States into uh, a 20 year two trillion dollar debacle that cost you know thousands of lives uh, that it was completely unnecessary. And uh, I think that that was probably the darkest part of his legacy as a politician. Um, it was one of those things where you he couldn't get it back. Uh, people should did and should hold him accountable for that. Uh, and and it was a problem because he leveraged his his credibility and the respect that many people like myself had for him to go in there and just tell a damn lie. Now, I don't know if he got lied to. I don't know if he was part of the lie. Nobody really knows. And just keeping it 100, that's probably the one thing that really stood out in terms of uh, just something that he did that was almost, you know, kind of unforgivable really. Now, uh, but that doesn't make him an R. Kelly, right? That doesn't make him this horrible person that um, that has no productive legacy, right? I, uh, I think with Colin... Uh, the fact that he was a quote unquote good Republican, whatever that means, uh, you know, and and able to and not commit overly committed to this Democrat Republican thing. Uh, I, I, I personally believe that the best approach I agree with Malcolm X. Malcolm X used to say black people shouldn't be Democrats or Republicans. They need to just jump back and forth and negotiate between sides and say which one's going to give us a better deal. I think when you overcommit. Early, all negotiation theory shows that when you overcommit early, you lose. Right, whether you're talking about you know a, a relationship, somebody you think about dating somebody, when you give it give up all the cookies early, then you lose. You're, you're losing negotiating power. If you go buy a car and you overcommit to the car early. Every, every person, every expert in negotiation will tell you that you're going to lose, right? Same thing with politics. Black people negotiate. They give up the cookies too early. You overcommit too early. Next thing you know, you lose. Even on the basketball court, if you overcommit to going right, then they can easily stop you. But if you let them know, but I might go right, I might go left, right? You juke a little bit what happens? You can find your way to the basket. Black people need to learn how to juke a little bit politically. Like, well, we might be Democrats. We might be Republicans. We might be, right? If you do that, then you win. So don't be stupid. Seriously, don't be stupid. Somebody type that in the chat. Like, don't be stupid. Let's type the word, don't be stupid because I really want us to grow up and evolve politically. Uh, You don't owe owe these white folks nothing. Like, you owe them nothing. Why are you so damn loyal to either the Democrat or Republican Party? Why are you committing in advance? Why are you overcommitted to the point where They can do anything. They can literally walk up to you and take a dump on your children. And you're still like, well, you know, it it is the lesser of two evils. And I I do still need to make sure I shows up to the polls to give them my support. Come on, man. This is not slavery. Get off the step and fetch it routine. Anyway, uh, do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. Uh, you guys know that we are just a few days away from the All Black National Convention. Uh, it's going to be in Orlando. You can actually attend virtually, but it's, it's better to attend in person because we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to have everything from a spades tournament to a B1 ball and award ceremony to speed dating to a backyard barbecue. In addition to uh, 60 speakers that we're bringing in, 60 black speakers. Who are there to help solve problems in our community? Uh, this is probably the be- the first of its kind. I don't think there's ever been an event like this with this many people, this many speakers that wasn't sponsored by a corporation. You know, like Congressional Black Caucus, uh, that convention is sponsored by corporations everywhere. NAACP brought to you by McDonald's, brought to you by Walmart. We don't do any of that because we w- we need freedom of speech in order to achieve our goal. So we've even bring it brought in people like Rizza Islam who is, you know, definitely not going to be invited to the Congressional Back Caucus event, right? But we want to hear from the brother because we want to hear his point of view in addition to the people that might disagree with RZA. So if you're interested, uh, feel free to go to allblacknationalconvention.com. Uh, the URL's on the screen and you can take a look. We also have a whole educational track for children. So your children will be transformed as a result of coming to the convention and they're going to have a lot of fun. So if you're B1 and that's your thing, come on out to the convention. We're going to be in Orlando, October 29th through November 1st. We sold out of discounted hotel rooms, but there are still rooms available at the hotel at regular price. And there are also lower cost hotels in the area. If that's what you need, we, we're going to provide a list on the website today. And also we are out of vendor spaces. We sold out of vendor spaces, but we do have a couple spaces for sponsors. So if you're, you have a black owned business and you'd like to sponsor, we'll promote your business. I'll tell everybody on my channel. I talk to a million people a week. I will tell everybody about your business and get you some customers. So uh, it's going to be a fair trade. Okay. So all black national hit the, uh, hit the thumbs up button. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more about Colin Powell for a second. Okay. So Colin Powell, um, one thing that was really funny is he, he had a great sense of humor apparently, or at least he pretended to have a great sense of humor and he did something. Anybody remember when Colin Powell put up a, um, a picture from like the 1940s, I think, or maybe 1950s or sixties, maybe, maybe the forties is too old, but, but he was, he said, this is the first selfie ever. And, uh, here's the picture, right? So he literally Took a selfie, he took a picture of himself back when he's like much, much younger. I guess, I don't know, I'm gonna guess maybe he looks like he's a teenager here, maybe 20 years old. Um, and um, and I'm guessing so if he's a teenager, that would make it the 1960s. But I thought that was really funny that, that I, when I thought about him, I thought about the selfie, and um, and also I, I think that he was a guy who, um, you know, if he'd run for president, I think he would have had a good chance of winning. I, I think that he was a guy. Uh, I respected him also because uh, he did, this man did two tours of Vietnam. I don't know if y'all know that or not, uh, two tours of Vietnam. And if you know anything about Vietnam, you know that it was an absolute hellhole. Um, I apologize profusely uh, to anybody in here who served in Vietnam. I want to say thank you for your service. And I am so sorry that people did not give you the respect you deserve. My daddy went to Vietnam. My uncle went to Vietnam and uh, Vietnam, uh, caused a lot of problems for the black community. We, we brought home a lot of baggage. Uh, you have, um, a lot of men that died. Of course, uh, you have a lot of men that, uh, were lied to, uh, my history teacher taught me about something that a lot of people don't know about. It was, it was a little short, little white man. that used to teach me history at the university of Kentucky. And, uh, he had a lot of energy and he would jump around the classroom and everybody loved him. And he talked about Vietnam and give me a yes or no. Has anybody ever heard of project 100,000? Has anybody heard about Project, give me a yes or no, if you heard anything about uh, Project 100,000. Give me a yes or no. Let me see, I'm going to see if there's any yeses. Okay, I see some yeses. Okay, Debt Free Dad says yes. Yeah, Project 100,000. Let me tell you what Project 100,000 was. Uh, Project 100,000 was basically where they said, okay, we're going to do a -a rope-a-dope on the Black community. Since Black people are vulnerable and Black people aren't uh, there's some images of the vietnam war just in case you forgot um you know since black people will believe anything we say and since black people are you know economically and politically desperate we're gonna we, you know, and because we can't get white people to co- go over to vietnam anymore now because they're realizing what kind of a hellhole it is they said we're gonna go to the hood and we're gonna go to every hood in america and we're gonna find uh young black men who want to do better with their lives and we're going to take advantage we're going to exploit their ambition by promising them that if you go into the military, we're going to hook you up. We're going to hook you up with good jobs and, and training. We're going to hook you up with um, with skills that, that you're going to bring back to your community. We're going to put you in a nice uniform so you can make your mama proud and you can actually become somebody. And uh, so these guys, million, a 100,000 of them, that was their goal to get 100,000 black men. They, they literally use you like you are a bunch of pigs. Like pigs or cows or chickens. That's why. That's why you can't trust politicians. I'm sorry. I, I don't feel like you can trust them uh, on any level because they're just liars. And and later on today, actually, I'm gonna explain to you why. Like for example, a lot of people don't know that members of Congress, the the fifth. Does anybody know what the fifth most owned stock is of members of Congress? The the number five most owned stock of members of Congress is Pfizer. Pfizer, they they own millions of dollars in Pfizer stock. They own millions of dollars in Johnson Johnson. Johnson Johnson's number eight. I'm going to talk. I'm gonna actually break this down today later on. This was actually the podcast I was going to do today until I found out about Colin Powell, and I felt like I want to respect the brother and go ahead and do this first. But the, later on today, this afternoon, uh, if you come back to the channel, I will show you uh, all the crazy financial conflicts of interest that they have, where they literally profit so much from getting you jabs and pushing drugs out to you that You just can't trust them. It doesn't mean that they're lying. It just means the credibility shot. Right. So this project 100000 was another example where black people were being used and exploited and they're using you right now in this pandemic. Uh, they, they, they're making you the face of everything. They make you the face of every stupid agenda that they want to push forward. They make you the face of the gay agenda. They make you the face of the, the, of the jab, j- the jab agenda, right? Uh, they, they made you the face of the Vietnam agenda, right? So this is something that's consistently occurred all throughout history. So project 100,000, we deserve reparations. That's an, yet another thing, probably the 10th thing on the list of reasons why America owes black people reparations. You probably are owed a trillion dollars in reparations just for project 100,000 alone. You got to understand, you got to stop minimizing your pain. You got to stop acting like your people never went through nothing. You got to stop acting like it's all okay. It ain't okay. It ain't okay. You know, uh, in fact, how many of y'all got some uncle or some relative who went to Vietnam and ain't been right since? AA took care of his kids. So his children are out here in the street doing God knows what, right? Uh, was hooked on drugs. Uh, couldn't, you know, couldn't get it together. PTSD, like crazy. I mean, I'd have PTSD. My God, Vietnam was terrible. That shit was horrible. Horrible. Right? Seriously. And, and, they, and those con- those members of Congress, they ain't sending their kids to Vietnam. They were not sending their children to war. They did the same thing in Iraq. They did Michael um, Moore. Michael Moore made that point very well. Michael Moore went up to Congress and he brought a draft form and handed that to members of Congress who voted in favor of the war. And he said, well, you have a son that's military age. Would you sign your son up to go to the draft? And they were like, oh, oh, no, oh, oh, oh. who let you in? Who let you in? Right? Because these are a bunch of cowards. These are a bunch of damn liars. Right? And so I'm sorry, but get your advice from somewhere else. Don't spend your time getting advice from the liars in the room or the people that are manipulating you or exploiting you. Or if you telling me to eat something, Take something, drink something, or go do something. I need to watch you do it first. You first, like there's a whole hashtag them first, them first. You do it first. You want me to? You want me to send my child to war, we'll send your kids to war first, and we'll see how that works out. Or you want me to get something put in my body? Okay, well you do it. You do it first. You do it first. Oh well, well we can't, we can't, we can't mandate members of Congress to to, to go to go get the jab. You know, y'all saw that right? Where <laughs> they were like, we, we want to mandate it for you so you can get the jab. But we're not gonna mandate it for ourselves or for each other. I mean, come on, man. I how how blatant do they have to be to make you realize that you can't trust these motherfuckers as far as you can throw them? I'm sorry, I did I don't mean to cuss on a Monday morning, but I mean, my God, like if that's not a sucker's paradise, I don't know what is. And so um, you know, I I don't I don't believe you. I don't I just am not convinced that those people care about my family as much as I do. Like, I just don't, I'm not convinced of that, right? So call me crazy, call me radical. I'm a radical black man because I'm trying to say, let's have some damn common sense. And, and it's, it's, it's unbelievable to me. Uh, so anyway, um, by the way, my Instagram is the real Boys Watkins. Uh, I hope you'll follow me on the gram. Um, uh, I need more intelligent black people to follow me on the gram because I, I don't I don't I don't debate with stupid people. Uh also intelligentblackpeople.com actually is where you can actually support the platform. Uh, you can become a patron if you if that's something that you believe in. Uh, we'd love to have your support and we give you lots of free stuff and things like that. So feel free to go to uh, intelligentblackpeople.com. Uh so let me just give the quick summary on Colin Powell um the brother uh to me overall despite you know some of the challenges with his legacy um i give colin powell a thumbs up Uh, i'm not saying that that you're wrong if you disagree with me but i don't think that everything he did in his life was wrong and i will admit that i have a deference to soldiers i have a mad respect for soldiers uh because you know my daddy went to vietnam and let me tell you he came back and um he had a heroin addiction You know, he told me that later, and in his life, and uh, he walked away from heroin. Uh, I don't know. I I don't think most people can walk away from heroin. You know, and uh, he did that. He said because um, I wanted to be your father. He was not my biological father. He was a quote unquote stepfather, but we don't use the word step in our house. He's not my stepfather, and he did a thousand times more for me as my um, as my non biological father than my biological father did. My biological father died, and he didn't get a hero's exit in my mind. I I didn't hate him. I just didn't know the man. I didn't know anything about him. I didn't love him. I didn't hate him. Didn't have any feelings for him. Um, In my mind though, my father who went to Vietnam, uh, who sacrificed and I saw him at war as a black man for over 40, 50 years uh, for, for our family. um, That is a hero to me. You know, that, that was a man who said, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get it done. I ain't scared of nobody. Uh, You know, he's actually had to kill people uh, to protect his own life. And and um, and this man, to me, represents something that should be honored and respected. And so uh, not to say my father and Colin Powell are the same. But when you look at a man who did two tours of Vietnam, I mean, shit, come on now, Uh, you know, and, and also a guy who did serve his country, you know, for the most part, relatively honorably. There were some mixed legacies in there. Uh, I think overall colon deserves respect. And here's another little side note on war. I believe that the only people that should be allowed to vote on whether or not we go to war as a country are people who've actually been in a war or at least people who who've served in the military. Um, I'm tired of these little buppy ass Yale and Harvard educated, you know, people who've never, you know, like stubbed a toenail uh, voting to send, you know, millions of young people, vulnerable, gullible young people off to war having them thinking they're defending democracy and patriotism, when really you're going over and fighting for the oil companies. Really, you're going over and fighting for resources. That's what it is. You're fighting for, 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 for the military-industrial complex. Companies like Raytheon are making money, making weapons, so you can fight workless wars. The Afghan war was the latest example. We left Afghanistan in a puddle of embarrassment. We were absolutely humiliated in Afghanistan. And I would be furious if I had put my life on the line or watched my friends die or lost a child. Also, our country could make make a few billion. So wealthy people can make a few hundred billion dollars and we could walk away looking like complete assholes and losers, right? It's pathetic. Um, And actually for Colin, let me just read a little bit from his bio, just in case you want a little quick history lesson on Colin Powell. Um, He was born uh, actually in 1937, April 5th. He was an American politician, diplomat, and four star general who served as the 65th United States Secretary of State from 2001 to 2005. He was the first African American Secretary of State prior to the election of Barack Obama as president in 2008. He and his successor, Condoleezza Rice, were the highest ranking African Americans in the history of the federal executive branch by virtue of the Secretary of State standing fourth in the presidential line of secession. He served as the 16th United States National Security Advisor from 1987 to 1989 and the 12th Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff from 1989 to 1993. Powell was born in New York City in 1937 and was raised in the South Bronx. South Bronx, South, South Bronx. Um, his parents, Luther and Maude Powell, immigrated to the United States from Jamaica. He was educated in the New York City Public Schools, graduating from the City College of New York. Where he earned a bachelor's degree in geology, he also participated in ROTC at CCNY and received a commission as an Army Second Lieutenant upon graduation in June 1958. Powell was a professional soldier for 35 years, during which time he held many many command and staff positions and rose to the rank of four-star general. He was commander of the U.S. Army Forces Command in 1989. Powell's last assignment from October 1989 to September 1993 was as the 12th chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff Staff the highest military position in the Department of Defense during this time he oversaw 28 crises including the invasion of Panama in 1989 operation desert storm in the Persian Gulf uh, Persian Gulf war against Iraq in 1990-91 he formulated the Powell doctrine which limits american military action unless it satisfies criteria regarding american national security interests overwhelming force and widespread public support interesting so the Powell doctrine so he has a, so there's a doctrine named after him so I like this. I mean, and this doctrine makes sense. It, it to me, it, it it coincides with what I felt that Powell, Colin Powell represented, right? Um, he represented a guy that I think had no fear of going to war, but he wasn't a war hawk. He wasn't a guy who just said, "Let's just go out here and get people killed for no reason." Um, and I respect that a lot. Actually, I think that's actually quite um honorable. Um, uh, let me read. Let me click on here and read more about the so the Powell doctrine. Um. Uh, It was a doctrine created in the run up to the 1991 Gulf War. The doctrine poses questions emphasizing national security interests, overwhelming strike capabilities with an emphasis on ground forces and widespread public support, all of which have to be answered affirmatively before military action is taken. Powell's doctrine is based in large part on the Weinberger Doctrine devised by Casper Weinberger during his tenure as Secretary of Defense. The Powell Doctrine states that a list of questions all had to be answered affirmatively before military actions taken by the United States. One, is a vital national security interest threatened? Two, do we have a clear attainable objective? Three, have the risks and costs been fully and frankly analyzed? Four, have all other nonviolent policy means been fully exhausted? Five, is there a plausible exit strategy to avoid endless entanglement? We could have used that in Afghanistan, right? I mean, it's crazy, right? Um, Let's see here. Six, have the consequences of our actions been fully considered? Seven, is the action supported by the American people? And eight, do we have genuine broad international support? So are other countries jumping in or are we trying to do this unilaterally? I think that's a well thought out uh, doctrine. I have a lot of respect for that. And who knows? I mean, this is the kind of shit that you could probably apply to everyday life. Because some of y'all just go to war with people and don't even think about the consequences. You don't think about you start cussing out your own siblings and don't even think about what that's going to mean for the family. You're not thinking about uh, whether or not this is going to actually have a, a healthy ending. And so next thing you know, you haven't talked to your, your brother for 30 years. Right. So um, I, I, I like this. I think this is interesting. I didn't know this about Colin Powell. But uh, either way, I know uh, some of you were mentioning that Colin Powell was. Um, that he died from COVID and, uh, and it seems like that's the case. I'm going to assume that that's what, what really happened. Uh, But what I will say though, is at the same time, uh, you know, I I don't think that this in any way says, you know, that COVID is going to kill everybody. Um, You know, I think he probably got the jab, right. Which, which right there, I mean, that, that kind of, you know, I'm not saying that that makes me more concerned, but it it makes me a little bit concerned because uh, there's still a lot of questions to be asked about all this stuff. Right. And I think that even if you agreed to do it, which is fine, I, I support that um, you know, you can't say that there still aren't questions. You can't say that there aren't still things that are yet to be determined. Uh, and so the other thing too, is, um, that Colin was 84 years old. He survived cancer in case you didn't know. And I mentioned this earlier, I mentioned it again, cancer, uh, weakened your immune system. So, uh, if you uh, remember Herman Kane, uh, who was a uh, black Republican also like Colin Powell, he died from the virus uh, and he was a 76 year old cancer survivor. And I can tell you, I have cancer survivors in my family and I would never have them at a Republican convention where not wearing a mask. Right. I, I would say at least put on your mask. And, and, uh, and, and you know, my father's old school. My father's an old school military veteran. He's not Democrat or Republican. He's just a black man. And uh, he doesn't he doesn't wear masks or anything like that. But uh, but also he does have health challenges that where his immune system isn't very strong, right? But it's kind of his choice, right? It's his freedom, his choice to kind of say, you know, I'm gonna live my life the way I want to live it. And I think everybody has a right to live their life the way they want to live it. I, I just believe that it doesn't mean you're wrong. It just means that I think uh, freedom is is freedom tends to be my default response to a lot of choices. Like, look, you're free to make whatever decision you want to make. But I know that people have different opinions, and I respect that. All right. So anyway, do me a favor: hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. Uh, I'm gonna get on out of here. And uh, also, if you want to learn more about the convention, you can go to allblacknationalconvention.com. The URL is on the screen. Uh, We're going to meet October 29th through November 1st. Uh, We're going to gather the Black Brain Trust where we're going to solve problems, uh, everything from relationships to politics to cryptocurrency and stock market investing. We have breakout sessions. We have a whole track for children. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to have a, a ball and award ceremony. We're going to have spades tournament. We're going to have a backyard barbecue. So if you want to come out, um, you know, come out and hang out with us. And, uh, and actually, we just made some B1 shirts for those of you that, that are B1 that want to actually be a part of the movement or want to show people that you're a part of the movement. Uh, it's a hashtag. So I hope you use the hashtag B1 in public conversation And B1 means black first. That means that we put ourselves at the top of the priority list. Uh, We don't solve problems for other people before we solve problems for ourselves. It means that black people matter. And uh, that's something that we deeply believe in. And so actually, if you want to get um, a B1 shirt online, you can actually go to wokeblacktees.com. We'll sell them at the convention if you want to get one there. Or if you want to get one online, you can go to wokeblacktees.com. So feel free to go there uh, if you want to get a B1 shirt for your family. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to get on out of here. And I hope you guys have a great day. And I'll be back later on because I actually prepared a whole presentation about the amount of stock that members of Congress own in big pharma companies. And it's going to kind of blow your mind. And uh, you're going to kind of realize a basic assumption about our political leaders, which is a problem for me, which is that um, the drug dealers are basically running the police station, Uh, the conflicts of interest, the financial conflicts of interest. Are, are just almost sickening and frightening in terms of what your country has become. And uh, it's it sort of just is something you should be aware of in terms of understanding the financial dynamics that are occurring. Because, you know, my, my PhD is in finance, so and not just in finance, but specifically financial psychology. So one of the things about money is that money is a drug. And uh, you think about this. If you have a relative that's hooked on crack, are you going to trust that relative? You know, their own drugs? Are you going to believe the relative or are you going to believe the drugs? Who's making the decisions? Your cousin or is the crack making your cousin's decisions? Well, the same thing is true with Congress. Uh, Are they making the decisions or is the financial drug making the decisions? And most of what they have revealed on OpenSecrets.org about the financial interests of your members of Congress is that they have a they have almost zero incentive to really do the right thing. And they have every incentive in the world to support Big Pharma, which uh, unfortunately uh, has created a lot of doubt and uncertainty in this whole pandemic. So uh, I'm going to break it down for you later on today. Uh, I was going to do it now, but I moved the time because I wanted to show respect to my brother, Colin Powell. So uh, everybody type Colin in the chat. Let's uh, even if you didn't like the brother, give him his respect. You know he's in he's with the ancestors right now, so uh, I, I I honor his life and and whether he we I agree with him or not, I think he was a decent human being and uh, I respect that. So anyway, I'm out of here, guys. Please hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button. Uh, I will talk to you guys later. Uh, please have a wonderful day. I'll see you later. Peace. Here we are, clan. The isms, cataclysm, great i people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones too late. Now, family, we the ones who got to delegate. Get that money in the power. Never be fake. Stick to coach time for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs. Support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees. Triple 10. three PhDs, now we on the CNN, DBTV, let's talk about negligence, ignorance is blissful, we can turn into intelligence, please none of what you hear, half of what you see, let's break it down, get on Dr. Voice TV, here we are.